0: Betches Media presents If you feel depressed and if you feel
1: anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club.
0: Gazpacho, Police. Oh my
1: God! What a
0: stupid son of a man. He
1: believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her
0: choice. The Betches SUP Podcast. Diana sucker! Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Better Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Did you guys have um, as lit of a Saturday night as the United States Senate did this weekend? I wish.
2: <laughs> you know, I actually went to a wedding <laughs> at the Bowery Hotel, and it was really nice. So, like, in a very yes, different better. way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the food was really good. It was beautifully that looked like done. a really chic
0: wedding. It was That's really a nice, nice place for a wedding.
2: It was, it was really, really nice. And I have, I have, you know, congratulations to the bride and groom again. <laughs> Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I like how you framed this in the,
0: in the newsletter last week, which is she said, yes, Kirsten Cinema said, yes, she made Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin and Joe Biden the happiest men on the planet. Yes, this is probably a gendered metaphor, but you know what? We have been waiting for this lady <laughs> I said this exactly. lady, nothing bad for this lady to come along, but um, she's a lady. Good news proud. all weekend, exactly, lady. exactly. I really lady. think that um, I really can see. I'm gonna say it here. I'm gonna say it here. I think Kirsten Cinema will date Pete Davidson.
2: wow that would be like the ultimate like villain turn for pete davidson because he i feel like he straddles the line always like will he become Mm. a villain or will he just stay kind of this like affable figure Mm -hmm. but that would be his villain turn
1: this would have been fun to do at the live show. Who do we think mm. Pete Davidson
2: Who, it
0: should? Di- which well, converse, they had not broken up yet. yet. <laughs> Otherwise, we absolutely would have. You know, I would I have know. been texting you. Would have changed I know. the whole show.
2: Would have been <laughs> so you never have wanted to disrespect the relationship while it was still. Happening. Yes, <laughs> per sight. Never, never. How dare we?
1: How dare I feel we? Like he has a chance with Hillary Clinton, frankly, but. You
0: know, yeah, I like the meme better when he's set up with like slightly older women. Same, because
1: like, I don't know yeah. who started that, but like it just—it's because he dated so Kate Beckinsale and also Kim's oh, older. Oh, right, yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah, I that's about true. That. He is now like after like his most recent—he's he's prominently dated older women before.
0: Well, can he fucking start blowing Diane Feinstein's back out so <laughs> she can go home? Because <laughs> I wish I do not want.
2: They live in the same state. (laughs) That's so true. Well, no, (gasps) because I think Pete's, well, I guess because Pete's out of SNL. So now he is in L.A. probably. Who
0: knows? I'm sure he was back and forth for for Kim, but I think he's Staten Island with his mom is definitely, definitely his home base. I mean, Kirsten Gillibrand would be a a cute little, like, sort of local affair, but I don't think she's got time or interest. (laughs) I don't know if
1: there's anything we could really achieve policy wise, but with that, precisely. It just might be a, a very good meme,
2: though. Yeah, Pete Davidson's very apolitical.
0: And our Democratic women would be getting some of that BDE. We have yes. to support our yeah. female lawmakers, Sammy.
2: Yes. 100%.
1: Right. right, exactly. You know, I was thinking about, about Chris, Kirsten Cinema. I still always am like, you know, the Kirstens, the Kirstens. I know. I was them. thinking about this a
0: lot this weekend. I think it's Kirsten Cinema, Kirsten Gillibrand. Okay, yes. The Kirsten Jen Nielsen. But throwback. I'm not positive. Yeah. I, okay. I know that, like,
1: Kirsten Cinema is the, you know, sort of epicenter of, like, will we pass the bill? Will she yeah. come for the carried interest? And, like, I just find it a little bit hard to believe that there was ever a serious discussion about this entire thing being tanked because of the carried interest provision. <laughs> right, Like, true. I and, – and I because of her specifically sticking to it, I kind of just feel like they – she and Joe Manchin and probably on the other side, Susan Collins, are sort of like the resident obstructionists who like all the concerns from the Democratic side or the Republican side sort of get heaped onto that person mm-hmm. as the obstructionist. But in reality, like they all don't want the carried interest thing that badly. Their donors don't either like or their mm-hmm. hot, you know, some of their connections are just like. You don't know, really help me out if you like don't do that. So it's like, right? Yeah, okay, we have this take- woman. You're right. That happened real this fast. Guy. She was like,
0: "Can you take this out?" And they were like, "Sure."
1: <laughs> it's also I mean- just you. You can see it in how bizarre of a thing it is to actually care about for on mm-hmm. behalf of if you're if you're really a public servant serving the ma- the majority of people. It's ridiculous that that this thing would survive.
2: Like, why? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. It is funny, and we talked about this, and I do want to say that I said on our podcast that she was going to come in and, like, change one thing and then be like, I approved of it, and that's... Impression, political analysis. Thank you. Thank you Betcha so much. That's just a podcast. I said, said it. said it. it. Because it wasn't that hard to see that's what she wanted <laughs> to do. But she's <laughs> unpredictable, you know? She- <laughs> you never know. I was on the edge of my seat. It is, you know... It is interesting to see the way it plays out, like what Sammy was saying, that there's always this one person when you're in politics who gets off on being like, I'm thinking. And that person (laughs) is actually like politically useful to the party in general, because there are probably because I mean, cinema, obviously is getting calls from hedge fund bros who don't want the carried interest loophole closed. Mark Warner has,
0: like, $50 million in the bank, like— I don't know his personal connection, but, like, they have friends and they benefit from it, too. You're
2: not getting calls from everyday constituents who are like, Senator Cinema, please don't <laughs> close the carried interest loophole. My family, like, that's not how that is happening. <laughs> but what? other senators are also getting that call. She's just the one who... Is She's just one of those people who gets off on being like, I'm thinking. And so she's the one who gets to be the poster child for all of that, which she enjoys. So good for her. Maybe she
0: is actually just the project manager of the entire Senate and part of her job is taking the fall for every mistake. She's just mm-hmm. sort of like, y'all don't want that? All right. They can yell at me. No, I'm really romanticizing Kirsten Cinema here, but <laughs> she is totally. not. OK, one thing she might be is... The fall girl.
1: I doubt she is the project manager. She has to go to her internship at the Vineyard. What do you... She doesn't have time. Like, she's not project managing anything. Okay. You know who has, like, a lot of very rich friends? Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They have a lot of very rich friends. They're very much in correspondence with the donors who donate to the party. Like, it's not just... Kirsten cinema. It's like the party. Yeah, they're yeah, getting yeah. calls, and I doubt that. Like, okay, yeah, I'm sure there's like thousands of hedge fund managers, but in reality, it's not like just the managers. It's like all the. It's the managers pretending that they're not going to be able to like do stuff Hire or like make your and, portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if it's like that as much as just like put as much money to work. Like, mm-hmm. and and they probably <laughs> like. I don't I don't know but like my guess is it's not just like a you know cabal of hedge fund managers like it's the financial industry I'm assuming and that's yeah, I mean, a lot yeah. of people so it's not the, like it's although it only benefits hedge fund managers like directly my guess is that like all over the fi- the financial industry is like trying to basically push for as low as a burden on companies corporations especially like the ones who just like create money out of like an Excel spreadsheet like mm-hmm. I don't fucking know like
0: yeah so yeah I don't think it's like
1: Kirsten cinemas like passion for this loophole.
0: Yeah, I think it's like if we're eating the rich, this we're not the entree yet. This was sort of a, <laughs> an appetizer. A good this appetizer to keep even, you full while
1: we no, wait for the food. No, this is like a plate no. of
2: crackers that's <laughs> like no. uh, okay. No, this is the
1: thing. No, I actually put it somewhere between that. It's like the thing that the restaurant brings on the house that's like delightfully good. You weren't expecting it, but it yeah. it came, They're but like, it's also all
2: not is seasoned really well. Right, and it's, it's also credit, not and it's good also enough. I took
0: your credit card info. So like you played a role, oh, and you yeah. have a steak. Oh yeah, so Oh, going. totally.
1: And it's not, and it's also like not good enough to be the appetizers yet. Just saying.
0: <laughs> Got it. When it comes to eating the rich. You're right. You're right.
1: Yeah, back we're barely our, there. Back
0: to our our society as a restaurant analogy.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
2: where that's where we're coming down on it. I am like going back to what you were saying, Sammy, this is like there's this argument that I feel like the financial sector does all the time that we just accept, and I feel like we never think about like the baseline of how fucked up it is. Which is just like, well, if you change something, then we're gonna kill the hostage. Like we'll then we're <laughs> the gonna economy. just the whole economy. We'll never <laughs> hire anyone ever again. We'll jack up the prices one million percent. None of that actually needs to occur. Like that's actually not a real response at all. But anytime any of this happens, yeah, the like entire financial whatever industry gets all up in arms and they're like, Well, then if you guys do that, then we'll have no choice but to pay even bigger bonuses to ourselves and to cut every single health <laughs> inch- and make all of our workers part-time. And it's like, wait. That's actually not, you don't actually have to do that.
0: You could just pay like three guys at the top, a couple, a little bit less. And yeah, it'd be like fine. you
2: actually could probably just operate exactly the same, except you got paid slightly less and you're already a millionaire and or billionaire. Or you could do all this crazy stuff and ruin the entire earth. <laughs> like- <laughs> you know
1: what else they could do? They could ban lobbying. Because yeah. if you cut their yes. lobbying budgets, maybe they could put some of that money to work. Like the amount they spend yeah. on mm-hmm. lobbying, they ultimately have calculated is less expensive mm-hmm. than doing sort of ethical things that they're lobbying to not have to do. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it doesn't, business does not have to be evil, says the business owner, breaking news, Like it doesn't, but you can just like kind of like run a business the way that you know, they're conceived as instead of like creating all this like fake value from nowhere and then threatening that you're going to make the fake value go away if there's any sort of burden put on you that would make you able to like afford yes. one less yacht. So it's right. just, it's just the whole system is created to be fake. It's cre- it's all yeah. fake. It's all like a racket that they made up to keep themselves employed.
0: We had, um, we invited our, our audience on Instagram to like ask their questions about this that we're going to answer later. And one person asked like, what are, what are sort of clapbacks for deficit hawks? And it's like exactly what you said. It's like the money exists in, in the country. There is money to spend on these services in the country that people are just hoarding. Like the money, the money is there. And also you can always clap back with, I'm pretty sure this is, this bill, which is historic is either the same or maybe slightly less or more than the defense bills we get every year.
2: Yeah. And also, isn't it, I mean, these like these things, they ultimately didn't do the carried interest loophole. They did yeah. some other thing, but they raised taxes. They closed some other loopholes. I, as far as everything I've read, the bill is paid for with the things that they, the other things that they did. And yeah, it true. Reduces, that's all you need to say. It, the, ecu- the economists say that it reduces the deficit over time. So mm-hmm. it's actually just like, I don't know. You're a country. Sometimes you have to spend money on things like you're a country. Right. It's like it's like you as an individual, you don't like sometimes you have to go and buy things mm-hmm. and well, our country spend a little things. money on some things.
1: I think the fundamental difference in how the democratic platform goes about spending money is that it wants to spend it on actual things for actual people. Whereas yeah. the Republican economic platform seems to yeah. mostly consist of just keeping their own fake industries and lobbyists leash, the lobbyist leeches alive. Like even, I mean, even it's sort of like illustrative, like in North Carolina, this, this is on a very small scale, this school district that is now um, going to have a, AR fifteen rifles in safes in every school district in Madison County in oh case there's gosh. an active shooter. And it's like okay, I am sure there are teachers out there who are who have Amazon wish lists with like pencil sharpeners on it, yeah, and yet they're going to put these. I'm sure they're going to buy the safes too. They're going to have to like yeah, <laughs> buy these like terrible. very expensive. Military grade weapons instead of like, excuse me, I
0: need this many- safe so that I don't leave the weapon un unlocked in my fifth grade classroom.
2: God. Well, and remember, Millie is always talking about this. They're so expensive. These guns are expensive. They're expensive. It's crazy. It's insane.
1: So if they have the money, it's just they choose to give it to
0: to that. And that's their choice. Oh my god, it's awful. I just imagine like an art teacher being like, "Okay, kids, trace yourselves," and then she like goes home and like studies their body types in case she has to identify them. It's just terrible (laughs) what teachers have to do.
2: I mean, that that's the world with an air. Maybe that's why they're actually safe in your classroom. Yeah,
0: maybe that's why they're actually letting military veterans be teachers. They're like, well, they can maybe take down an active shooter. We don't really need people to teach in schools anymore. Just defend the kids. From from massive shooters. So Yeah, like is it a babysitting? (sighs) Is it is school now just about babysitting
1: kids from crazy people who decide to That's definitely
0: what people in a number of states seem to think for for sure.
1: They do realize like there is a point of school (laughs) other. Like it's not just a place where kids go to be, a, to be supervised. To be. Like they know that something yeah. happens at school,
2: right? The teacher has an aim like that. They're trying to, that they were create, trained like to achieve, to it. Yeah. They have something they're doing. They're all working towards it together.
0: Yeah. If you were just going to use school for daycare, Talk about the least fucking safe daycare to send your kids to. I'd send them somewhere else for sure. I would send my kids to to just like
1: a playground and like, here's some books and toys. I'd send them to a playground in the most, quote, dangerous
0: neighborhood in the country. And they're probably safer than they are in a school in the suburbs in the middle of the country. So we have talked, no gun provisions in this law, however, but Joe Biden did get some gun stuff passed too. And this is, I mean, seems like a good couple of weeks for Joe. I mean, it seems like the conversation around him has changed dramatically in the past three to four weeks. I mean, I feel like at that stage, I haven't seen any new approval numbers and I don't know if they would reflect all of this, but people who have been very down on him, there's like, Axios is like keeping a list of all of the house people that are saying they don't think he should run again. And it's, it's very long. <laughs> And now he has the sheen of this huge spending bill, of, of the infrastructure bill earlier in, early in his term, of the gun bill. Do you feel like – we've talked a lot on our podcast about how chaotic this process has been, how dysfunctional it has been, how messy it has been, and how Democrats were kind of taking a political hit for that, for looking dysfunctional. Do you feel like Democrats and Joe Biden are going to get – what kind of political win are you think they're going to get out of this bill? As good mm. of a political win as they
1: – they market it as like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like just the, the whole way they talk about it. And I'm thrilled, look, I'm thrilled that they got it done. I didn't particularly believe that it was going to necessarily happen. And you know, I don't like to talk about, talk about it before it's, you know, the check is in the mail, let's say. (laughs) And um, so I just feel like I wasn't expecting it, but now that we have it, I think that they need to message it. They need to basically message it as, like, the baby green new deal. Like, this is what you could have. You could get a credit for a – ta- a tax credit for buying electric vehicles. This is what – and and basically use – they should be, saying calling it uh, – while we're calling it an amuse-bouche, I think they should call it an appetizer and be like, you can get uh, – you can get more – of this, where that came from, if you yeah. vote for us, if you vote for more of us in the midterm elections, and be like, we we were only able to get this amount done. It's a, the biggest achievement on climate ever. It's really going to make a difference. And if you vote for us again, we can get more. And like we're gonna, and then pick one thing that they're gonna do, and say, these are the things I think one should be voting rights, and one should be like some sort of social services.
2: Yeah. I I mean, also after Kansas, I think that Roe is like at the front because if we we could codify Roe, if we had two more, if we hold the House and we had two more senators that were willing to get rid of the filibuster, we can codify Roe. So that's also part of taking back the Senate and it. I mean, obviously, like the news out of Indiana this weekend sucked, but that wasn't something voters voted to do. That's something ah. their psychotic right wing legislator who, yes, were put in by voters, but that's something they chose to do that. I Gerrymandering. Bet, yeah,
0: exactly. well, right. yeah, that's and we why all ballot know initiatives, how. I think, could potentially I mean, I wonder if it will go in the same path of like how weed has become legal. In states where it's like, you can want to smoke weed and want to get people to get weed if you – people fucking hate Democrats, some Republicans. Democrats – like, Republicans, if Democrats embrace – they could feel so strongly about abortion, but they're probably not going to vote for a Democrat. But if you just let them vote directly on the issue – Maybe they will. Listen, I think that Democrats like I'm going to tell people to vote for Democrats and like a vote for Democrats is a vote for abortion rights. A vote for Republicans is a vote against abortion rights. But there are some states where that's we're simply not going to be able to message that strong enough to get Democrats elected. And in those states, yeah, you got to do it by the ballot. Like yeah, maybe that's a case it. where Indiana could happen, where that poor fucking child had to go. Yeah,
1: I think yeah. that's really smart. You know, I totally think that's really smart. Also, it's like pro it's pro-democracy say yes. oh even if you're you know a democrat in wyoming you can say i'm going to put this ballot initiative i'm going to work to put this on the ballot so that you can vote for this policy you don't need to elect anyone to vote exactly. for you you will you will vote for it and i think that that's a really enticing message like no more of this nothing gets done because you don't really have a say there's that piece so I mean, I completely agree with you, Elise. They should be messaging, okay, you like this amazing historic climate bill? Well, we're going to do row voting rights and paid leave, let's say. And they pick one thing and they're like, this is what you can have. And it probably should be paid leave if they're going to try to ban abortion. But, you know, I don't want
0: to – I would say paid leave as, you know, a woman of childbearing age. (laughs) I think – it is more likely that they will end the filibuster if they get enough pickups to to secure row d- of whatever utility that is. I think it's less likely that they will be able to, like, go about budget reconciliation again. And then, I don't know. I don't know which of those is easier. But I think, like, the row thing is definitely do a guarantee. But I think I don't even do know if all. they have another, like, no, I guess they have another chance to do budget reconciliation. But it comes up every, like, once every whatever. But the, oh, my point was, they don't have to end the filibuster for that. They just have to message about, like, I think it could be really effective to be like, look, when we were talking about how, like, let's end the filibuster for fucking everything, that didn't really work. I think if we message is like, look, we can end the filibuster for abortion rights. Let's be reasonable about that. And then we don't need the filibuster situation. We don't need Republicans for paid leave because it's- What about voting rights? Reconciliation.
1: I really think that this is the last chance to secure voting rights. And they oh, need yeah. to be, like, yeah, we're going to be just so fucked if there is not serious. I mean, I don't know. I, I The Supreme Court could, in theory, probably. It's
0: hilarious probably it that down. you cannot pass voting protections with a 50-50 vote. Like, that's just <laughs> Yeah, too I mean, good. that's like that's with this thing point.
2: that is like actually invented to like protect the interest of like slave owning states yeah. and making oh, sure that. Like, well, they, I mean, it's just like it's too absurd.
1: They don't need to explain they're going to do this by this. They just need to say. This is what we're going to yeah, do. Right. These I are know. filibusting yeah. Democrats, and they will
0: just say, "This is what we're committing to in the next two years." And yeah, make it and they'll do what happening. they. I think this is what Fetterman's doing. You know, Fetterman is not is by no means the most. A progressive person really running for senate this cycle but he's saying i'll do what needs to be done to get this done you're right no more of the like voters i will get rid of the archaic your- rule they're not going to care afterwards like oh no they got rid of the filibuster for abortion rights or for voting rights no they're just going to be glad it's done because these are the popular issues if they yeah. tried it with sure maybe 15 dollars minimum wage where which is extremely pop i can't even think of a fucking issue where we're actually split down the middle because republican issues are so unpopular but yeah, nobody's going like, to be mad no one at you. gives
2: a fuck about no one actually gives a fuck about the filibuster at all like like there's no like individual is. citizen who's sitting there being like i want the filibuster to stay other than joe like, manchin loves it but well yeah i mean it's, yeah. Uh, but like it's not a motivating ending it is a motivating issue for voters, for voters keeping for voters, it yeah. is not a motivating issue for voters so i think that's why it is like a good um I think that I think that's why it's like a good thing for them to harp on, because I do think that Democrats will come out to be like, I want to end the filibuster. But I don't think that Republican voters are animated by the idea of like keeping it in place.
0: And I do think there are plenty of casual news consumers who just assume because this seems like it would be a safe assumption that you can pass legislation with a majority and just assume that Democrats have until now been choosing not to. Which, like, yes, part of that is true. We do have these two. That have stood in our way every single time, like on most issues but this. But again, like there are some real, there are some real gettable seats. I really need, I think her name's Sherry Beasley to win in North Carolina because we need a black woman in the Senate. It's so embarrassing we don't have one, and she's an amazing candidate.
1: I I would wager that 70% of the American public does not even know what the filibuster is. Like, (sighs) if not, if not more. And they just they don't care. But another another thing they don't care about is the parliamentarian who seems to yeah. consistently like <laughs> knock out really meaningful things from the reconciliation bill. So, can we do something about switching that person out? Like what's how do we what's
0: happens there? Can we f- find that out? I don't know. She she took out the the insulin cap and so there was a lot of drama with that. She basically was like you can't You can't apply this to anyone outside of Medicare. They wanted to cap insulin prices at $35 a month. And, you know, Republicans could have said, you know what, 10 of us are going to come forward on this. You're going to pass this bill anyway. Let's cap the price of insulin at $35. And, uh, but they didn't. So that had to come, that had to come out of the bill and like people die waiting because they ration their insulin. People spend so much money on insulin. Uh, people on Medicare are going to be able to, to be okay. But Medicare is like, remember, that's just like, it's a lot of people. And a lot of our healthcare costs are spent on those, but it's like, you can't just like spend all your money on insulin until you qualify. Right. And just like, what if you don't fuck Oh, great. So I can, I can get my insulin for my insulin can be affordable, but I just have to make it to 65.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable between this and like what they were doing to veterans with the PAC and and like switching their votes just to like stick it to Democrats. It's it's appalling. And like if we're talking about things that Democrats should discuss, I don't think the for the cornerstone of the Democratic campaign <sighs> should be stuff like this. But like Democrats should run ads about these votes. Yeah. Like you. There are a lot of people who need insulin in this country who are not on Medicare and would really have loved to see it capped at $35. And it is like to to take that out literally just because of spite, like just based on the idea of like, but fuck them. We don't want them to like we're going to make this bill as like less helpful, helpful on purpose because we want to score political points and to do the same thing to fucking veterans who inhaled toxic fumes while like mm-hmm. <laughs> while at war. It's it's in the war they the, voted for the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a war they fucking sent them to. I mean, the Democrats were on board with sending them there at that time too, but either way, All but these exact people, but at least, yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, it's, it's disturbing it. And it's something where it's like, it is completely unjustifiable. How do you justify taking that out? What is the what is the actual reason? How do you justify switching your vote at the last minute on a veteran's bill that almost tanked the bill so that these people can't get uh, health care provisions because you're mad that we passed a semiconductor chip bill? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Literally spite. And, you know, they ultimately voted for it. So this seems like...
0: It really cost them politically and they got nothing. Uh they I I I think originally they were like they were pitching a fit over some some particular narrow provision that like one got that like Pat Toomey wanted change that wasn't even that big of a deal to anybody, but they just like pitched a fit and then passed it anyway. Yeah, it was literally just that they
1: allocated like money that was supposed to be discretionary to mandatory, meaning like you're definitely spending it instead of maybe spending it was essentially the essence of what he was mad about. It's bullshit. But here's the thing. They know that it's impossible to communicate- to the American people, mm-hmm. the nuances of like why this was a spiteful thing and why they took away your burn pit health care mm-hmm. actually because they don't want the Democrats to succeed about the microchips that are actually in every single appliance you use. So, you know, I just it's just all too complicated for the average like- voter to understand.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, I, I
0: can barely follow it.
2: I, I, I mean, that's my thing is that I'm just like, it, it's so wild to me that like they did that thing to all those. They, they were like going to mess with all these veterans. I think Stewart, took it right there. Yeah. To, I think took a huge like self-own, like, to, like truly uh, damaged their own selves reputationally. For Only
1: because John Stewart came came though if 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 John Stewart didn't get involved, but John Stewart's been
2: involved. You know, John Stewart's coming for the veteran thing. And he's he's been involved. If system. he hadn't
1: decided if he hadn't been free, if he hadn't decided to like like be really in on this, this wouldn't just wouldn't have gone by the wayside. Just another thing. I know. That, I like, mean.
2: It's disturbing, but my the thing that I think is so crazy is that they were doing this all over this semiconductor bill, which it's like, it's not like the Democrats are getting some enormous win from the semiconductor bill. Obviously, passing legislation is good. And they did but, it after they heard that
0: Manchin had come to a deal. So they oh, were like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. shit, so we need something else to tank them. So we'll vote against whatever it's they just, decided.
2: It's just wild to me to be like... Um, I don't know to even be that upset about this bill that ultimately like the Democrats I mean yeah it's good to pass things it's contributing to this overall narrative going into the midterms that's pretty good that's like we've been able to actually pass some freaking laws and in a way Joe Biden is doing what he said he was gonna do which is like break through the Washington gridlock and get things passed it's just the gridlock is like worse far worse than anyone could have <laughs> And we can't get passed
0: as much as we, we thought, yeah.
2: And so you literally, like, you can't even pa- close the carried interest loophole. But we're still passing things. But even still, it's like, I, I just think they took such a huge reputational hit to try to prevent the Democrats from gaining such a small reputational yeah. advantage. Like, it's totally. such a weird calculation. It was off-brand
0: for them. I think that's why it felt it was like, really, you didn't know? Because like you said, like— they did know that John John Stewart's always there. Like he, this was he's, scheduled he always comes
2: when they when bell. they do this.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. <sighs> we should make like a, you know, when when you're like in kindergarten and they would have you match like a thing by drawing a line to the other side, uh-huh. like match things. We yes. should match celebrities with a cause and then, you know, let them know we will get something done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally,
0: literally. Well, now we will make a natural transition to Trump's toilet. Uh, Maggie Haberman <laughs> Maggie Haberman has a book coming out. A couple of New York Times journalists do. We're going to talk about a couple. If you don't know, she covers Trump for the New York Times. She's, um, I would say she has a little bit of a unique relationship to him and how she covers him than, than a lot of other journalists. I can't really put my finger on on how, but I don't know. She herself is very like well-connected, and I think that plays a role.
1: It, the way that she covers him is that her mother owns the PR firm that... Represents the Kushners. It's a family, right. it's a family affair, is how she he covers has him. called her, um, so he has she,
0: called her a maggot, though.
1: Okay, but the the whole thing is like a symbiotic relationship, ironically. Yeah. Um, where, That's a good point. where she gets information, she raises her profile, but ultimately she doesn't she conceals the most damning things. Like she had these pictures the whole time.
0: Yeah, so what she has about, is so. that yeah, if you don't know, she covers so she covers Trump for the New York Times and we've we've heard this in her reporting or other reporting before, but her book will reiterate claims that White House resident staff periodically found wads of paper clogging a toilet that had writing on it and these staff members believe Trump was the flusher. So the book has pictures there are two separate pictures of shredded up paper and what looks to me I mean it is Trump's handwriting. Um it's clearly Trump's handwriting and two separate toilet locations. Uh, these pictures are the thing that stuck out to me was that the toilets were very clean. Otherwise these pictures would be very gross to look at, but I mean, I guess, you know, house. Trump is clean. Yeah. Yeah. In the white house, they're doing their job for one thing. He's usually pretty, pretty clean. And her book is called confidence man, the making of Donald Trump and the breaking of America that comes out in October. I'm sure there are other insights in there that, you know, maybe perhaps would have been useful to be in, in, in the public sphere earlier. Maybe. Yeah, that's how I always feel about this. She says she just got these pictures, but you know where I just where from. Could you just like two months before when you started doing press for your book? Somebody sent you the the pictures. The
1: name of the book is like kind of flattering. Sorry, Mm
0: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like okay. First of all, it's so funny when you saw the pictures, and it was like so clearly his handwriting. It really called back to you. I would know the handwriting anywhere. Like totally. it really called back to that time when he made the perfect phone call, and he, you saw the um, sheet of paper where it was like, yeah. "I want nothing, I want nothing, yes. I want no quid pro quo." <laughs> Who's the exact no, same handwriting?
0: That's yeah. where I got it. That yes, exactly. And it's just funny because it's like one of them, I, I definitely made out, did say Stephonic on it, and it's like mm-hmm. that is exactly what she deserves that gender traitor sucking up yeah. to that man is her name on a paper in his toilet for the world to see. It's like his like enemies list or his friends list. It was, I think it was his friends list. It was probably like, thank you to my defenders, you know?
2: Yeah. I just think it's funny, number one, that like we keep getting these weird stories about how he's always trying to dispose of documents in the most like cartoonish- <laughs> way like he's flushing things down the toilet. He's like eating papers. He's it's just very, very, very strange. And also I it was interesting to realize in the moment, like, oh, I do know Donald Trump's handwriting. Because (laughs) I didn't I didn't know I knew that until I saw a bunch of pieces of paper with his handwriting on it in a toilet. And then I said, oh my God, that's Donald Trump's handwriting.
0: (laughs) <laughs> right. If you show me that with no context and you said, Wh- whose handwriting is this?
2: Like, is that Absolutely li- 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 say Donald
0: J. Trump. If you showed me my my fiance's handwriting, I am not certain I could identify it as his. But Donald Trump's unmistakable.
2: Yeah, it really. And, and I challenge the listeners, if you don't think off the top of your head, I don't know Donald Trump's handwriting. Go look at the picture and you'll be like, that's Donald Trump's handwriting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also his marker. Exactly. Right. Right. That's a huge part of it. It's very thick. It's bold. He writes in bold. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's always writing with a Sharpie.
0: But that Sharpie must be like, imagine just all the White House like amazing furniture has just like Sharpie bleed marks from him like scrawling all the time. But that isn't the only insight we got from a big Trump book recently. There's another one coming out. This one is by um, a New York Times journalist and a New Yorker journalist who covered him. It's called The Divider, Trump and the White House. According to an excerpt from this one, Trump once lamented that his generals weren't totally loyal to him like Hitler's were, and he wished his aides and generals would be more like those in the Nazi regime in that sense. He reportedly told this to his chief of staff, Mark Kelly. He said to Kelly, why can't you be like the German generals? This man has a Jewish daughter, Jewish son-in-law, Jewish grandchildren. Kelly reminded Trump that some German generals did try to kill Hitler and were not successful, to which Trump (laughs) apparently responded like, no, 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 no. That's not how it was. They were very...
2: Very, very loyal. That's also a fucking like insane um, response to be like, well, some of the generals did try to kill Hitler so <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like that, just every part of the interaction.
0: Most of the things that come up about John Kelly, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> that <Yeah>. is <laughs> a very uh, that is a bold response to some women. They I hated mean, him. They I know hated him. but not enough. Yeah. To enact the Twenty Fifth Amendment him. and do something, no. <laughs> 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 they couldn't do the Twenty Fifth Amendment. They all amendment. really that failed, failed their
0: duties, right?
2: That's not on. Well, like,
1: I don't know if it was on. I don't think he was technically like Twenty Fifth Amendment eligible, John Kelly. Yeah,
2: but, which yeah. I guess if is, is the cabinet was is is the ones who can do it, right? Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. I that, yeah,
0: yeah. But a bunch of them were saying, like, sure, I'm down.
2: <laughs> Nobody wanted to be the one. to mm-hmm. Say it's like. It takes a lot. And they're like,
1: we're not like him. So we're not going to do that. But speaking Mm. of killing people, um, uh, Ivana Trump wrote in her biography that Donald Trump, famous, famous, famously high reader, you know, frequent reader, had one book next to his bedside, which was Mein Kampf. So, I mean, yes.
2: What? She wrote that in her. He
1: got elected with that detail. Jesus. There's so many details like this that he got elected with. Like this is yeah. just one of the millions. Like this is How? so he. Yeah, I no. I would have
2: picked him to be a Sun Tzu yeah. Art of War guy. Like one of those <laughs> guys who has one book and it's Sun Tzu Art of War. That's no, that's where I, I would. S- and he hasn't read it. It's not white but supremacist
1: has
0: enough. At least. Yeah, he's war. He's racist. He's too racist. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I guess it's. I guess yeah. I guess it would be if he would have one book and it's by a person it's of only color. Only books written
0: by <laughs> white people in America.
1: Yeah so yeah. that I mean the man who does not read other than inches about him mm-hmm. had one book no there's
0: one book that he's ever been associated with he still with. didn't retain well I'm sure Hitler didn't write no, down that the fact wasn't that in,
1: people tried to kill him yeah no he wrote that book before people tried to kill him that was mm-hmm. like how what he was like gaining power like I think he wrote days. it in jail after his mm-hmm. failed his failed coup he wrote Mein Kampf I'm almost positive that that was the oh my God. Even case. Hitler
0: was jailed and
1: Trump has not been yet. Yeah. So, Trump, yeah, one book he's ever been associated with. No shit, he likes Hitler. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's so wild to actually say out loud <laughs> you should be more like the Nazis. The German. <laughs> you should be more like them, <laughs> like
0: Hitler. Is. And I'm sure uh, if he's ever asked about this, he's be like, no, I mean the German generals now. But
1: I think he would just be like, no, they are very they were very loyal. They were mm-hmm. number one in loyalty. Maybe they right. we love the Jews. We I have a Jewish grandson, but they were very the Nazi generals,
0: if they were one thing, they were very loyal. As long as you're not a democratic Jew. You're disloyal if you're a democratic Jew. Right, right. But he would he, be, the, like, he would be like my fan would he, say. Still,
1: he would still somehow like be like, I'm best friends with Netanyahu.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All my best friends are Jewish. Yeah. Ugh, that is all we have time for today. We will continue to bask in this and this good news and hope that it uh, it buoys us to some wins in November. Please, please, God. That's all we have time for. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Budget Sub Podcast. Bye.